0: Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world changing disciple makers. The following episode is part of a live event from Giving Tuesday that Paul and Rebecca were a part of. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Well, Paul, I just really love uh, talking with our friends here and thankful to them for you know, showing up and, and, and sharing their hearts with us. I mean, this is what we do day in day out is walking alongside these people.
0: Absolutely. And when you're a coach and you, you talk to them and and you get to know a lot of their people. I mean, we know, we, we definitely know, I know when forest kids are sick, and, you know, I know what's going on there. And of course, uh, Thomas and Hannah and, and their family, it's just really nice to be able to know them and to have and have her join us on the call and talk about the ways that she's engaging the lost. And, 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 you know, it's just really neat to get to know each and every one of the people, Zoe and her marriage with Josh. I mean, all of those things, we get to know people's lives because we we believe in that relationship so powerfully that that is the glue that helps us to get through the hard times to implement movement principles where they are in order to see that vision that kingdom realized and it's it's a lot of fun uh, to be able to go into that so
1: and before we bring on just a couple of more friends that are that have been a part of our classes and coaching and things like that have been a part of our community that we've been walking alongside um, you know, I want you to ha- have some good news for you we have. Now uh, registration is open for our uh, next semester and that's going to start in February and it's going to go in through May. So if we can take a look at that, uh, you know, uh, thing there, but but basically guys, again, it's called the philosophy and strategy of disciple making movements. This is, this is not the, Hey, weekend training kind of thing that you might get in some other areas. This is a very in-depth, very thorough, Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things that we're really excited about is the potential over the next year uh, or two is getting it accredited, so that people who are, you know, are getting seminary degrees or in Bible colleges or something like that can be able to take it as for credit along with their their college. and And I, I don't want that to to make you feel like this is not something that you can do, but it's definitely we feel very needed in order to to not just know to both know how and very specifics of how to be able to go about seeking uh disciples, make disciples make disciples, but also the why behind it so that we're not going about things wondering why we're doing what we're doing. And so we both go into the why, the strategy and practical imp- implementation of these things. And I
0: I like that you said practical implementation. One of the things is when you take this class with the coaching You get to the class experience itself and all of that information. But then you get to meet with a coach, either with a group of people who are in a similar situation or even sometimes one-on-one with a coach. If your situation is is pretty unique, then they sit there and they help you implement those principles right where you are and work with you to troubleshoot and apply things. Far too often, people go to classes and the notes go next to the textbook on the shelf. And nobody implements anything. But the the goal of coaching, the goal of what we do at CDM is to help everyone become a practicing disciple maker so that they can experience the love of being obedient to God's command to make disciples, as well as the joy in seeing people come to know Jesus as a result of their obedience to God's word.
1: And guys, you can be able to look on the app uh, within that uh, top carousel if you swipe it over. And if you click on that, it will give you a MailChimp in which you can be able to email us and apply to be able to be a part of the class because we always interview everybody as a part of it, and which is what these people went through. (laughs) Yeah, so we have several friends. So uh, Mark and uh, Verita and Marius, uh, come on in, friends, Uh, and Ken as well. Come on in, guys.
0: We're just going to load you all up in here. It's going to be gonna great. We're
1: going to load you all in. Hello,
0: don't worry, guys. We're social distancing, separated by several hundreds and thousands of miles. It's okay. We're all <laughs> in the room together, the way that we Thank all are.
1: Well, guys, it's a, it's great to have you on. And and I know that we kind of represent various different locations. So, why don't we just quickly go around the rooms, uh, the virtual room? and say, like, where we are in some of the places that we minister. So we'll we'll start with Mark, Rita, Marius, and then Ken. Go ahead.
2: I'm in uh, Fond du Lac,
3: Wisconsin.
4: Hi, I'm in Richardson, Texas, just north of Dallas.
3: Cool. Hi, I'm in Pretoria, South Africa.
5: And I am in Kosovo, southern, southwestern, eastern Europe, southeastern Europe.
0: There you go. So awesome. a bit of a different place. I mean, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, that place right there is out there. I tell you.
1: So so guys, when you look over at your, your, your journey with uh, us at, at CDM and your DMM journey, what are some of the more most significant moments and aha moments that you've seen along the way?
2: Well, I know for me uh, working with uh um, Teenagers, a lot. Um, We would do a lot of question and answer, and it would put me in that position of answer man quite a bit. And going through the class and the book, and uh, just recognizing the significance of letting scripture do the heavy lifting, um, did a couple of things. You know, one, it had to, I had to set my ego aside and and get myself out of the way. Um, But it also was an interesting aha moment because I recognized that the 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 barrier to entry into a leadership position to be able to to help other people um, understand the Bible better was much lower than what I thought it was and what I was making it. So it made the the process of developing other leaders a lot more manageable, a lot more doable because I didn't have to expect other people to do the same level of of study that I was forcing on myself. And so there was it was humbling, but it was also freeing at the same time.
1: It, it, Mark, that's a that's a great point. That you know, we we believe here at CDM what we call the priesthood of the believer. So, in other words, that um, everybody is supposed to be a leader. Everybody has the potential to be able to read well, the Bible, understand what it says, and uh, be able to follow that. Does anybody want to hop on that idea? Or no,
3: well, well, thanks, Mark. Well, that is quite insightful. I, I for me, one of the moments was testimony by one of the. The, the men that you had on the on one of the evenings, uh, is a pastor, I think he's working in Honduras, if I'm correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And yes,
3: uh, I, I think that was for me a aha moment, because um, you know, going through the training, being part of discipleship many years, seeing this, obviously I have a lot to say about that, but just aha, was to hear somebody that was in ministry for more than 20 years, left his church, position as a senior pastor, went to another country, started the process of implementing this, and after, I think, uh, around 10, 14 years, having 89,000 people uh, coming to Christ and being part of the church in Honduras, they've planted 19,000 churches, and the aha for me was, is they went through three times of failure. And this process for me, one of the moments as well was when Paul shared with me the first time in a coaching session and he says, movement takes 10 years. And I mm-hmm. listened to that and I've just planted a church a week before we had lockdown in COVID, planted a church then. And, and I sat with the struggles that Mark is also alluding to now and how this has shown me that if we want to get movement, it's going to take time. It's going to be messy in the beginning. People's going to catch up only after a few years, but stay the process, stay the course, and after five years, you'll see some fruit. And movement takes quite a lot of time, and it takes uh, a commitment of five to ten years to get to that.
1: You're yeah. so you're so right, Marius. You know, um, and we call it the failing forward years, the first few years, and most people do not last beyond those years because they're not they don't like the mess, they don't like the feeling. Yeah. That this is not, isn't going perfectly or isn't good. We're not seeing the results that we want. And so it's those that have persevered. And I can tell you our good friend, David, you know, if, if it was possible to start a moment, uh, a movement, excuse me, on blood, sweat, and tears, he would, yeah, he did it. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, all the things that he endured. So, so uh,
0: I, I absolutely want to key off of that too. One of the things that David Paris said that is, that still strikes me to this day. And, you know, I, I had the privilege of being there, when he was exposed to movement at the very first time, my dad were, and I were involved in, in coaching him and his team over time and even did the training in Honduras. And uh, one of the things I love him, when you ask David, what's the, th- that's the one thing? He says, I was absolutely committed, uh, convinced. I was absolutely convinced that this was the biblical way to make disciples. And because of that, I was committed to never quit. And he said, so, no matter how bad it ga- got, I chose to never quit. And Ken, I know that you have something that you wanted to add to that point there.
5: Well, there's a couple points you brought up, and this has all been great discussion and re- reminds me of all the why I really signed up for this. But, you know, being uh, one thing, the aha, aha moment for me, and it goes along to uh, connect with a lot of things that were already said, was it's not so much about the training I've been in I was looking into biblical ways of church planning in a cross-cultural con- context and not really finding uh, what, I, what the, the traditional models were not going to work in our new context. And I went through several DMM trainings, lots of DMM trainings. And it's not about necessarily the training. It's about the coaching that comes alongside with the training. Because the coaching is what moves us to obedience. And that applies to my own personal life, and then pushing others to simplify the process of helping them make disciples too is just making it natural. What's what's really organic about mm-hmm. the growth of the church, and that's that you see an act, and I see that oh. the same type of things in the DMM and the DMM process.
1: Nice. Uh- we have uh, we've always uh, we've really enjoyed Ken and Don's, uh, which is his wife, by the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, his, uh their involvement. You know, Ken and Don are trying to reach a city in which they're the only Christians in the city of 50,000 people. Wow. And, you know, we have absolutely loved going along with them in their journey and realize that part of what we're doing is trying to be people to help hold up their hands and say, you know, hey, we, we wanna be able to, to be your support in a time in which normally there would be extreme isolation uh, with uh, amongst believers. Uh, and uh, you know, we just uh, are so thankful for people like Ken and Don, who not only we help, but they help us. We have this uh, mutually supportive relationships um, across our community. They've poured into other people in our community and they've poured into them. And we just absolutely love this, this way of being able to see this global disciple making team develop.
0: Kind of on that, to cue on that real quick, I wanna talk a little bit about Ken, the prayer gathering that you guys started and the recent fruit from that, because that's a little counterintuitive, but what people might think is a, a, a fruit of working in a limited or restricted access area. So, uh, talk to me about that prayer gathering and how that started and what, where it's gone.
5: Yeah, well, uh, it mostly was instigated by both uh, CDM because we started to take the CDM course right during COVID in the beginning of COVID, and um, we we saw this model of prayer and we said, you know, we can do this same thing. We need prayer support. We need to raise up more prayer warriors. And so we started an online Zoom prayer meeting, not just to receive prayer, but to also pray for for others in their communities, in their local context. So it was not at all just focused on us. We need more prayer. It was giving in prayer also. But as a result, several months later now, um, we had just started an online DMC with people back in the States, even a DMC being a disciple making community. Where they're they're signing up and saying we want to see the same thing that you're doing there in coastal. We want to do the same thing in our neighborhoods and and in Maryland and in California and in New Mexico. And uh, you know we just had a, a, our second uh, meeting last night actually. And what I loved about the meeting is that this morning I obeyed and put those uh, those uh, we call them I will statements into place uh, this morning. Uh, Because it kept me accountable, it kept me sharp, it kept me, you know, going going for it. And that's what a DMC does, just uh, a community like this, it keeps us pushing it up and and going for it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's what the community is all about, is being able to support and to encourage. And we love to see that fruit that you're happening, not just there in Kosovo, but also influencing and, and equipping and encouraging the body of Christ back in the United States. I think that it's great.
1: So guys, uh, now Verita, you have, we've, we have want we to hear from you. So what have some, been some of your favorite aha moments and things that you've appreciated on the journey with all of us together at CVM?
4: Well, I was just trying to think. Um, I remember sitting in the conference where I first heard about disciple making and it was coming from a priest that I knew from Katrina back, new orleans i had met him and then he had gone off onto the mission field and he was standing up at this conference talking about a disciple making movement that was happening in iraq and he was talking about something called discovery bible studies in which they were engaging the non-believers a group of non-believers together reading bible stories and of course these were muslim background people asking these questions and i was just so blown away by the concept of non-believers reading a bible story and being asked questions of what they see and responding to it and treating them as someone who can read the bible and get some insight. And they're not believers. Yeah, you know, right. that was just totally, I had no grid for that. And I've come to appreciate the discovery Bible study is being, it's not teaching, persuading, arguing, pressuring, trying to get someone to come over to my side, even though, of course, you know, we're motivated by them wanting, we're wanting them to see the truth of who Jesus is or God, mm-hmm. the true God. But we come at it in a very respectful, uh, friendly, conversational asking question way, which we see Jesus doing a lot, you know, asking lots of questions. So I just I love that. I love that about uh, Discovery Bible Study. I just think it's brilliant. And I think it's just such a beautiful way to approach the non-believer and just asking them what, you know, just sharing the stories. Of, what do you think about this? You know? and just letting them have the joy of discovery. And of course I've seen that in some discovery Bible studies that I've done of seeing the discovery. And it's, it's a beautiful thing.
1: You know, I remember back at the beginning of our journey together that, that, you know, DMN was something that was, you struggled with that it was something that really kind of broke a lot of, uh, uh, broke a lot of paradigms and things like that. And, you know, I, I, I remember having those beginning conversations with you about, you know, well, what does this mean? And, and you know, and <laughs> when we were in that class, back in the you know the lockdown of 2020 there, just at the beginning there, and you have become one of my honestly one of my favorite people in our community, just your, your enthusiasm and passion for seeing uh, DMM happen. And uh, so do you have any, do you have any uh, thing that you'd like to say about that, that transformation process there?
4: Well, I think the really painful part for me is realizing that I've been a pastor's wife for 35 years and had a real value for disciple making, but just was clueless of how to do it. And also realizing that, I have built all of my life and relationships around believers, mm-hmm. and I had lost the contact with a non-believer. And this is something I'm still struggling with. You know, when you yeah. build your life and a lifestyle and habits, you know, the other fellow yeah. was talking about habits of a disciple maker. You know, a habit of a disciple maker is to be reaching out to the non-believer and to have relationships oh. with it. Amen. And oh. that's that was not a part of my life. And yet, I was always thinking about missions. You know, I got to go overseas. I got to go overseas. I got to go, and I did, and I do, and I love that. But, you know, the reality is I live here 90% of the time or more. And so that's been a very hard, you know, jolt, par- you know, um, of realizing how I just don't have those relationships and thank god you know through cdm i i am changing and i do have some non-believer friends now and i'm so thankful that That i see on a weekly basis you know so Uh, there you
3: go rebecca Um, i want to just jump in and uh um, uh, echo what verita said um my my passion is making disciples and you know and helping people find Jesus. And I've been doing that since... Uh, I've been part of, of this... 90, from 1993, if I just recollect my thoughts. But for me, a great aha moment was when I discovered how how much I have missed out on on, on having a, a... I'm not sure what the words are. A correct focus or a real understanding of what that really means. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and being being a pastor leading a church and being involved in church for, you know, the last 30 years, passionate about making disciples. You know, I want to, I want to concur, you know, that we've been so busy with, with, with people that's in the church and people that are Christianized and people that mm-hmm. come to the church that all. Everything is focused around that. And for me, yes. our, our moment was, is how do we, mm-hmm. how do we as the church learn again, how to engage a community that is without God, we, we, we have this big divide. And for me, the greater aha was the conversation quadrant two. To, um, I had a sense a few years ago that God just spoke to me that we need to get gospel uh, fluent. And I didn't really understand what God was saying to me. And since I've discovered this conversation quadrant two, I have discovered th- the, the link between what God has been telling me, you know, because I have this passion with people. And but we are waiting for them to come to us, and, and, and we organize programs so that people will come. And you know, and, and it's this consumerism marketing, you know, let's see how many people we can get there. And it's not about that, it is, a, it, it, it does take a lot of interaction with people to get to the one to get to the, to the to the one that we that we that we see God is working through. And that has been for me and our heart to make this division. Uh, between what we are actually doing and how God is leading us to engage with the lost communities around us that he wants us to 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 get involved with and and make people uh, that love him know him understand and does the same make disciples
1: absolutely mark you had a thought on that
3: yeah, one of the
2: things that was really cool about the conversation quadrant, especially as you know, we spend time with youth and and, and young people trying to help them uh, share their faith, uh, it it really broke things down in a way that made things far more manageable than trying to measure success in terms of you know, you know, far far from you know, did you convert anybody this week, um, but did you even you know share the gospel or did you talk to somebody about Jesus? Uh, it, it brought things down to the level of casual conversation like it gives everybody a, a great first step like did you have a casual conversation with somebody like did you did you start to make a new friend did you learn someone's name did you learn about you know their 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 favorites or their dislikes and everyone for the most part can can start somewhere and you can celebrate that and then you can build on that and go from casual conversations to, to meaningful to ask you know to, to start to now we can develop some skills of asking some questions that will lead to some bigger topics but it gives you something to celebrate at an at an early step instead of being all or nothing did you share the gospel or not um, it's it's more likely you know going to be not in a lot of those cases and it just develops that sense of a failure. Like I, I didn't, I didn't meet the goal. I didn't meet the standard. Uh, whereas this puts something in people's hands uh, that, that they can start doing something right away and they can celebrate that and they can gain momentum. Yes. Yeah. We build,
0: one of the things we super value here in contagious disciple making is that culture of celebration that, that every step along the journey needs to be celebrated one for what you talked about to build that momentum forward but two to give god glory for the work that he's doing in someone's life because you understand that we only go out and engage the lost and make disciples because of the work of the holy spirit within us it's one of the signs by the way that the holy spirit is working is that we're telling others about him and that begins with crossing the room and and saying hi how are you doing How's your weekend going? Do you have anything great planned? And we can sit there and celebrate that God's work and their obedience. And and it just is a joy to see someone go from oh, you know, I'm locked in this guilt and shame, I'm never going to succeed, to now, oh my goodness, I actually am on a road of making disciples. Ken, I think that you had something that you wanted to add about one of the ways that you're engaging people these days.
5: Well, I just uh, wanted to share one of the things I really learned from from the CDM course um, and just the community was just being creative on ways of engagement. We think of evangelism as these big events, having these concerts in the park with, you know, various fruits. And um, like you said, Paul, just learn to walk across the street and talk to new people. And one of the ways that uh, you guys encouraged me to engage was in a book club. I'm not a big reader. I'm an okay reader. I read because I lead, but not because <laughs> I like reading. Um, <laughs> and
1: Sacrificing for Jesus.
5: Here, <laughs> this, I heard of these men. I was trying to engage men, trying to find out new ways of uh, engaging them. And I found out uh, or I heard about this book club and someone invited me to this book club. And I said, well, I'm not a big reader. But, you know, to engage a group of men around a book, well, I, I, I know the book I want them to engage on, but this is a great step. And one of the last meetings we had before COVID shut us down, I was able to meet a man named Mustafa there. And ever since we met at that book club, we meet almost weekly. And I share discovery stories from God's word with him. Mm. It's just a creative way of engaging that I wouldn't have thought of unnaturally. So just wanted to share That's that awesome.
1: You. That's awesome, yeah, Ken. That's outstanding. Now, guys, uh, you know, uh, if you want to connect with these wonderful people, you first off, of course, could be a part of our coach community, but you could also pray with and follow their story on our CDM app. So if you look underneath the uh, where it says CDM prayer page, it will take you to our online prayer page where people like, uh, you know, Ken and Verita and Marius and Mark, are all posting prayer requests and you can post prayer requests too there. And we, we actually type out our prayers in the comments. So we don't just say praying for you, the little prayer emoji or something like that. And what it does is that first off, it helps us to actually pray for the people that we say we're going to be praying for. But then also it is in very encouraging to the people that are looking at this and reading this as a response and, we actively see barriers get pu- pushed through God answering prayers when we lean in and pray together, when we pray together, not only in person on our meeting, which, by the way, in our event page, you can see all you can join us for our weekly prayer call on Wednesdays. And so you have that, too. But also you can just hop in here on our CDM prayer page and be able to pray with us and together we're going to see so much more than if we were all trying to do this separately. And like I said, we really focus on relationships. So you can get to know these guys via the, the CDM prayer page uh, as well and enjoy these, these wonderful people too. Well, guys in closing, um, do you have any closing thoughts before you leave? Maybe to, to whoever is out there.
4: I just want to say that the value of the community of finding like-minded people people who are interested in disciple making uh, they're interested in obeying the great commandment and the great commission you don't always find those people in your own home church uh, but this community is all about that and so I have friends that we pray together twice a month and sometimes more often that speak the same language who have the same goals and when I say I need prayer for engagement or prayer for, um, you know, my discovery Bible study or my DMC. They know what I'm talking about. And it just feels so good that I'm not by myself, that I have a team, that I'm part of of a larger community.
1: You're not alone, Verita.
0: You're not alone. The other thing that you'll find, too, is that we love it when we have opportunities to see members of our community meeting face to face, or to meet members of our community, and I earlier this year had an opportunity to actually sit down in a Chili's with Verita and one of the disciple makers, Albert, that she is that she is working with, and get to know her a little bit better, and uh, and that was a whole lot of fun. And we see that happening all over. In fact, I know that Ken and Don. Happened to be back in the United States and uh, they were driving through South Carolina and they were able to stop in and say hi to Rebecca. And so we love those well, moments. That once. Members of our community can start coming together and get to know one another. And we're looking forward to when lockdown can reduce a little bit and we can come together in what we call a CDM family reunion. All of the members of our community getting together and spending time celebrating all that the Lord has done and looking forward in faith to all that he will do as we move forward.
1: So guys, anything else before we, we, we head out, give us a little whip.
3: Yes. I would like to add maybe um, as an ex lecturer at the very last university for 10 years, having studied education and a master's in education, being a pastor and a teacher by, by gift. I can just say that if anybody is looking at a training course for discipleship, I can honestly say I've never seen better training and coaching that I've experienced on this um, course and through CDM. Rebecca and Paul is, is an incredible team and what they've put together and what they've done and what God is doing through them. Um, for his mission is, is something that I just want to commend. And I, I have never experienced such good uh, training and equipping for myself in the last 30 years of my life than I've received here.
5: Thank oh, you. And amen to that. Wow.
3: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys.
1: Marius.
0: Oh. That's nice. So, well, it's the, the truth. truth. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We yeah. love the opportunity to serve you guys and through you to serve our Savior. Um, mm-hmm. we believe that all of his promises are true and we'd love to be a part of helping you get the tools necessary to walk those out in your life and to see the fruit that you're going to get from them. Mm-hmm. So thank you for those words. We're super excited. Thank you for
3: the privilege to speak tonight.
1: Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this. And I just wanted to make sure you, you are, your story is heard and your thoughts are heard.
0: Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon, for coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com, or download the Contagious Making app. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple makers.